I was on vacation, a good old-fashioned American road trip. So this podcast is basically a travelogue of the random highlights. Curious? Here's your show. Explore South Dakota. This is the Ericast for the week of June 21, 2015. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. Episode 264. <laughs> Every so often I forget to stick the episode number in. So um, if I ever become like uber famous, someone will go back through the Aircast archives and find the, the little glitches and, and stuff like that. But I'm not too concerned. Uh, this is the Aircast. I'm your host, Eric Larson. 206-339-3742 is the listener feedback number. I am fighting a bit of a cold. I kind of figured when... Um, I was wrapping up work just before vacation uh, and dealing with someone who, uh, she's fine, but deathly ill with a cold. And actually came in to meet with me and then was going to like go home. So, you know, do the, do the hand sanitizer, try to keep everything really, really clean. Uh, and I, I made the joke of, oh, you know, she's like, I hope I don't get you sick. I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. I'm sure that strike right when, in the middle of my road trip. Which I was just teasing. I felt then I felt bad teasing her about that because she was worried that was going to happen. It didn't happen um, though. The like the last couple days, I'm like eh, this is this is starting to kick in. I thought I was good yesterday. Now it's back. Anyway, I've just spent a minute talking about how I'm sort of getting a cold. So that's kind of how the Aircast goes. We call it a personal podcast using the majestic weeks. It's just me, Eric Larson, and you're here either because you know me and you want to know what's going on with my life or. Something struck you as intriguing in this topic. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I want to learn about South Dakota. Here's a podcast about it. And, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Let me know in the next, uh, give me about 16, 17 minutes and we'll, we'll see what you think. So, gonna dive right in. Remember to call 206-339-3742 if you have any comments or feedback. Because, is it next week is the listener? Yeah, next week is gonna be listener feedback week, I think. So, anyway. Road trip. Here's the deal. Growing up, I really didn't travel outside of Minnesota and Wisconsin, which was fine because we had plenty of travel to do. I've mentioned this before. You know how some people go to like the auto show or the the, the boat show? It depends on um, where you live. Maybe they don't have boat shows. They do here in Minnesota. And you kind of dream about the the big fancy boats and stuff, and occasionally you buy one. That's how my parents were with property. Because my dad is a college professor, um, had summers off. So when I was about five, they rented a cabin at a, at a lake just across the border in Wisconsin, which was really cool because Wisconsin had legal fireworks. I'd never had fireworks before. They're just a little safe and sane play with a sparkler. Woo! But when you're like five or six, oh, sparklers, that's pretty cool. Ground bloom flowers that spin around, even cooler. Fountains. Oh. Anyway. Then they bought one a little bit further north, about two hours from our house. And we just, you know, I remember going out, you know, in the, in the back of the little 79 Ford Fiesta, uh, driving around looking at property. And occasionally they would buy something. And that's how we kind of ended up way in northern Wisconsin. And that's a story for another podcast. But point being, that meant that we didn't do big, long uh, road trips. And what's funny, Ruth and I were talking about this on the drive back, why why that why that was the case. Um, 
And I realized, well, my folks had both traveled a lot before they got married. Um, Dad was in the Navy, you know, joined the Navy, see the world. Um, he'd traveled around the U.S. Mom had traveled to Europe. Um, so I don't know, maybe some of their, you know, their, their travel bug was out of their system. But point being, like the road trip thing, not, re- not really my, my thing growing up. Uh, once I got to college, my study abroad experience was in Iowa. Um, it's a long story, uh, but spent a month there, uh, visited a, a multimedia company in Dubuque. So I crossed the border over into uh, Illinois so I could say I'd been there. That was fun. Um, cross and then cross back over and say, okay, been there, done that. Um, in college, uh, we did a, a late winter uh, ski trip with some friends uh, up to Lutzen, which is in northern Minnesota. And while they went to Lutzen for skiing, Ruth and I did a day trip um, up across the border to um, Thunder Bay, Canada. That was before 9-11, so you, you didn't need passports and things like that. You just cross and cross back. Um, we weren't even dating at the time. We were just friends, but it's eh, a fun thing to do. That was kind of it. Then in 1996, when Ruth and I were sort of pre-engaged, whatever that would be, um, her family was doing a road trip to Yellowstone and said, do you want to come with? By the way, in Minnesota, that's what we say, do you want to come with? Not, do you want to come with us? But do you want to come with? Which I think is fine. It makes total sense to me. I mean, what else would you be talking about? But apparently people who aren't from Minnesota think that's a really strange uh, linguistic mannerism. I'm going to the store. Do you want to come with? Uh, that's just how we talk here. So we did. Okay, fast forward now to 2015. And except for the Yellowstone part, <laughs> which is kind of key to that trip, but uh, we sort of replicated that experience for the girls. So that's what we did. We got in the car, left at 4.30 in the morning, got a slightly late start because the girls were packing the night before and managed to leave a dome light on. And all of you car owners are now wincing because, yes, that means we went out to start the car at four in the morning and the car was dead. The minivan was dead, actually. It's a minivan road trip. Got to emphasize that. We weren't crammed in a car. We were in a minivan. But it got jumped from the car, got it going, which, by the way, also, if you're from Minnesota, you know, jumper cables, we just, we, we all have them. We have several sets. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of important. Um, Matt, if you're still listening out in California, you might not even know what jumper cables are, but, the, but around here, winter driving, you need jumper cables. Okay. And other than having made a list of sites we'd kind of like to see out somewhere in and around South Dakota, we didn't really have a plan. And it was kind of fun that way. So rather than doing the weird day-by-day itinerary thing, I'm just going to hit some of the highlights. One of the stranger highlights is as we were driving into Rapid City, and Rapid City is on the western, you've got to get all the way across South Dakota. So Sioux Falls is on the um, the east side, right on the Minnesota border. Rapid City is on the west side, just south of the, um, well, and west, but because I guess if you go straight, yeah, so it's just west of the Wyoming border. There's a whole lot of South Dakota in between. 
And there are a couple famous things like Wall Drug and stuff. And we, we stopped off there. That was uh, our first night was in Wall because that's where the Badlands are. The Badlands are kind of almost dead center in the state. Not quite, but um, a little bit on the western side, but a good central point. And we knew there was going to be a road closure, though it turns out that, that cooler heads in some government bureaucracy prevailed, and they did not actually close the loop road to the Badlands, which was good. But up until that day, the plan was to close it. So we had to come to the Badlands early, otherwise it was going to be a, a sort of a driving mess. But that meant that we missed the Minuteman Missile Museum by just a few minutes. That comes back later in the podcast, if I get to it. So, wall, etc. Wall drug, you may have heard. I had not heard of it back in, in 96 when we did that road trip, but, but apparently a lot of people have heard of wall drug. It's still there. does its thing. Um, so driving into um, Rapid City, pondering where are we going to stay, I saw a sign on the side of the road. For Rushmore Shadows Resort, two nights, thirty nine ninety five. It's like $40 for two nights with a 90-minute presentation. I'm not sure if they crammed all that on the sign or not, um, but a quick Googling showed that. So here's, here's, a, here's a tangent. Ruth and I, when we were first married, did timeshare presentations for sport. Okay, this was back kind of, you know, late 90s, the, the glory days of timeshare sales. Actually, there were timeshare sales for years and years and years, but they'd give you free stuff. I remember um, an advertisement for one back in the 80s where they were going to give you a Commodore Plus 4 computer. Well, you Commodore fans know that giving away a Plus 4 <laughs> was not... <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you bought a truckload of them somewhere. I mean, ooh, it's a computer. But the Plus 4 did not take off the way Commodore had hoped. So um, the stuff that they'd give you wasn't stellar. We would, you know, couple, you know, watches that we sold on eBay or whatever. But but it's a good way of building up your sales resistance. If you don't already have a good um, level of sales resistance, do not do this because you're going to end up buying things you don't need. But anyway... It turns out that the deal was that they would let you stay there in in a, a cabin type thing of some sort um, for two nights for forty bucks, twenty bucks a night, which is a great deal um, if you listen to a ninety minute presentation on their offering. Because one of the first things they tell you is it's not a timeshare; it's a membership opportunity, and you basically pay. Oh, anywhere from, I'm spoiling it for him, but hey, that's okay. Uh, anywhere from like 8000 up to about twelve or $13,000. Though if you want just, that's a lifetime though, for three generations. Um, if you want just a limited two year, it's only $1,300. Five years, I don't know, somewhere around four or 5000 I think. I'm drinking coffee to keep myself going here. Anyway, it's not a timeshare. That's one of the first things they tell you is it's not a timeshare. And I did lean over to Ruth afterwards and say, that's right, because with a timeshare, you actually have deeded ownership. <laughs> this is just membership in a club. If they go out of business, I'm pretty sure your membership goes away. 
But anyway, membership in the club gets you access to stay at, you know, this IV, RV park, um, and like three others, including one in Minnesota. And then you buy into all the stuff that all the timeshares will sell you with the, um, whatever it is, is it REI or coast to coast or, uh, whatever those timeshare club things are. As an aside to keep talking about numbers, um, if you buy into the like several thousand dollar, like, you know, eight, ten, twelve thousand dollar membership, you pay a monthly maintenance fee that covers their mailing costs and things like that. Their monthly maintenance fee is $29. If you do the math on this, I mean, I understand three generations, you know, your kids and your grandkids can use this, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, for some people, this might be a, a great deal. But my goodness, the numbers start adding up. You're like, wow, um, that's a lot of money. And it's about like an 80% discount off of retail for, for price, you know, for staying at places. Um, so yeah, you save some money, but man, you have to save a lot of money to make up for that. So anyway, so 90 minute presentation, which is what they told us. Turns out the 90 minute presentation ended up being like two hours, which got us to Devil's Tower, a little day trip up and back, right at sunset, which, as an aside, is a spectacular time to go to Devil's Tower. So that was really cool. But anyway, um, we ended up staying in, uh, it was like a single wide trailer, like half length. Okay. But what that gave you was, you know, you step in, you've got like a living room and a little kitchenette. A tiny little narrow hallway that only one person could fit in at a time, but two bedrooms, uh, bunk beds for the girls, which they thought was great. Uh, we had one room with, I think, I don't think it was a queen. I think it was a full size bed, you know, crammed in wall to wall, but still that, that fit. Okay. A little bathroom, but that's exactly what you need. It's like, really, you don't, you don't need any more than that. So that was our, that was our exciting random find. Um, which, you know, saved us some money. So we didn't feel bad about going to Evan's plunge two days instead of just one. Uh, which is the other key thing I'll mention. Mount Rushmore, it's still there. It's still really cool. Um, came down to Crazy Horse. Um, actually went into Crazy Horse. Didn't do that in 96. Uh, this time we went in, saw the museums and things. It's grown up a lot. Um, the girls really enjoyed that. I didn't go up to the, the mountain, but did uh, the museums on site. So that was cool. Um, came down. A jewel cave was all booked up, but we went through Wind Cave. Uh, which has a spectacular formation called boxwork where the, the limestone was there and it got cracked and then the other mineral flowed through and hardened, um, calcite or something. And then the limestone dissolved. So you're left with this lattice work. That's like really cool. So that was neat. Um, and then stayed down in hot springs. Evans plunge. Didn't do Evans, Evans plunge in 96. So this is my first time at Evans plunge, but Ruth remembers going there as a girl. So, Evans Plunge is this big, now municipal swimming pool. The city bought it. It's big. I don't know how big a, a pool is, but it's probably, you know, 50 feet by 100 feet, maybe? I don't know. I should probably check the website and find out, but you can Google that yourself and find out. Um, little kids area at the top. Uh, a couple water slides. Uh, it's about five feet deep. Uh, ranges from four something to five feet. 
But what's happening is there are natural hot springs under it that bubble up and through, so like 5,000 gallons an hour, I think it is. Um, I think it's more than that, 5,000 gallons a minute? Because 5,000 gallons an hour is not that much. Because it's a lot. A lot. Okay? Whatever it is, whatever the number is, it uh, apparently changes the water over completely in like an hour and a half or something. I really should have Googled some of this, but you can do this yourself. Anyway, it's this big pool, natural hot water. It's not um, it's not uh, chlorinated because it's just naturally flowing through. It has a little bit of like a lake smell. So it doesn't, it's not like a sulfur spring or whatever. Um, you know, but you just, you kind, you kind of notice that. It's a familiar smell for, for us Minnesotans. Like, oh, it's fine. Uh, but, you know, very clean. And it's about 87 degrees, they say. So when you step in, it feels cool. You're thinking, well, this is, where's hot springs? Well, how hot is it? Well, once you spend, you know, more than a minute in it, um, it's a, it's a very nice warm temperature. It's a really ideal pool temperature. Um, any hotter than that, it would not be comfortable. Uh, loved it. Spent a couple days, uh, there. You know, went one evening and we decided, you know what, we're gonna stay an extra day in Hot Springs. Check that out. So, highly recommend that. Last thing I'll mention, I think we've got time to kinda squeeze it in here to the podcast. On the way out, remember I mentioned that Minuteman silo? Okay. As we came in, we did a tour of Ellsworth Air Force Base. Ellsworth Air Force Base, where they fly B-1 bombers out. They have one on display. One took off while we were there. Very impressive planes. Very, very impressive. They had a training missile. Um, so that during the Cold War, when there were a bunch of Minuteman II missiles around, the people who were going to be you know, staffing the bases had a, had a place to, to train on these silos. So you spend a few bucks for the tour, and they take you down. You get to go down into the missile silo. A nice big staircase and stuff. Uh, because the actual silos, the thing about the Minuteman, unlike the Atlas silos, I should probably do a whole podcast on missile silos, because the, 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 the concept has fascinated me for years. Um, I found out many, many years ago that Atlas F silos are still, Atlas E and Atlas F are still around. Um, they were liquid-fueled rockets. Um, the Minuteman is a solid fuel rocket. Um, so like the solid rocket boosters on the shuttle. So once you light them, they just go. But there is no um, fueling process. You're not dealing with all that liquid oxygen stuff. So there's a command center. I didn't know this about the Minuteman ones. Tiny little command center. It's like a you know trailer underground. Seats two people. Um, and then they were remotely connected to the silos. The silos were were not staffed. There weren't people at the silos, and the silos were sort of designed as as a one time use only big concrete blast door. Because um, I kind of thought as well, once you know, if you're ever launching these, it's pretty much the end of the world. So not going to have to reuse these silos. Huh. So you can tour one uh, as a training one. Um, they put a dummy missile in it. Um, at the Ellsworth Air Force Base. Then on the way out, uh, out by the Badlands, uh, these were all decommissioned um, as part of the START Treaty. They imploded the top X number of feet, you know, bulldozed them in and um, returned the land to the farmers, um, except for these two. So there's the training one at Ellsworth Air Force Base, and then there's this one um, 
somewhere off of I-90. Exit something or other. Um, there's a, a silo where they put a glass top over it so you can kind of look down into it. And then they have a visitor center, brand new, so they still, in fact, for the exhibits, they didn't even have the finished wall exhibits done. Um, so they printed it, printed out the, the exhibit contents on uh, plotter paper, wide format plotter paper, and just have those taped up, which I thought was really cool. It was really nice that they actually said, well, the museum's not done, but here you go. Here's what it's going to be. Because it'd be just as easy to say, nope, we're not open yet. But instead they say, well, we're, we're getting there. We're working on it. Here you go. Yeah, so I think that's what I'll close on, is it was really strange to not have an emotional reaction to seeing these missile silos and things that were, you know, being a child of the 80s and growing up with the, the Cold War and the, the threat of nuclear annihilation and all that. You know, that's what this stuff is. That's what I was looking at. These are the missiles that would start World War III that, as a kid, we you know fought against and talked about nuclear disarmament, kids for peace and all that stuff. And there they are. And now they're a tourist attraction. And they're still out there. You know, yeah, we don't have the Minuteman 2 anymore. We have the Minuteman 3. So they're alive and well. Um, it was strange. I'm still, I'm processing it not like, wow, I'm processing the deep reflections I had. I'm processing the fact that I didn't have any deep reflections. It's like, oh, that's cool. Look at that. It's a missile. There's a warhead. Hmm. I should be having more of a reaction to this than than I am. Don't know. So that was the trip. So still on vacation, still just trying to get you know, process through a bunch of stuff. Um as you can tell it's it's recording this one at now seven in the morning. Got up around five thirty. Um just still vacation brain. But notice that on vacation I think of you. So why don't you think of me? Give a call, 206-339-3742. Let me know if you have any thoughts on anything I talked about or any other vacation memories, road trip memories, et cetera. Love to hear about them, um, especially since next week's Listener Feedback Week. Would love to get some listener feedback in the mix. Um, You know who you are. My dedicated callers can, can dedicatedly call in. And until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.